Good morning, everyone. Somebody tell me, what's the name of the series, the seminar series that we've been doing for three weeks now? What's the topic? Is that Annika back there? Yes. It's about life in the spirit. Many people in the world are not living life in the spirit. They're living life in the flesh. They're living for this world. They're living for pleasure. They're living for themselves. As Christians, we want to be different. As children of God, we want to live life in the Spirit. So the first thing we learned in week one, who can recall? Let's see, that was Mr. Burkhart gave that talk. What was he trying to tell us in week one about life in the Spirit? Maggie. Love. God loves us absolutely, unconditionally, all the time, whether we're good or bad, whether we're doing right or wrong, whether we deserve it or not, God is always loving us. In week two, we heard something different. Let's see, week two, that was Mrs. Pinkova. What did she talk about? Olivia? Something's wrong with the world. We can see it all around us. It's in the news every day. Something's wrong with the world. But not only in the world, something's wrong in here. Something's wrong in here. Something's wrong with us. And that problem is a three-letter word. What's wrong with us and with the world, John Paul? Sin. But that talk ended with the glimmer of hope that is salvation, which comes to us through Jesus. Last week, Mrs. Adams did a really neat kind of a display in front of us that involved a lot of water and ping pong balls. What was she trying to tell us? What was that all about? Hannah? Okay, those ping pong balls represented our sins our failings, our faults, our selfishness. And the water was the Holy Spirit being poured into our lives. And the more the Spirit fills us, the less room there is for selfishness and sin and wrongdoing. All right, today I want to talk more about the Holy Spirit because we're doing a Life in the Spirit seminar. And the title is Spiritual Gifts, also called Gifts of the Spirit. Who can remember our theme for this year? At the beginning of the year, we quoted a verse. It was 1 Peter 4.10. It's our theme for the year. I know it made a deep impression in you. You all remember it. You're just being a little shy about raising your hand. Maya? I was a stranger and you welcomed me. That was last year's theme. Great. But how about this year's theme? This year's theme, it had to do with gifts. Well, let's see if I got this right. Would you read that with me out loud? Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others 
as faithful stewards of God's grace. All right, we all have received many gifts. We saw this morning a bunch of our students have musical gifts. Some of you have artistic gifts. Some of you have athletic gifts. Some of you have intellectual gifts. Some of you have social gifts. We have all kinds of gifts, but today we want to talk about spiritual gifts. First, I want to talk about what the Holy Spirit does for new Christians. What happens when we put our faith in Jesus, when we become Christians, when we get baptized? First thing, the Lord takes away original sin. We talked about that in my eighth grade Bible class. Original sin is like a disease. It's a spiritual sickness that infects every person born of a woman. Going all the way back to Adam and Eve, the first humans who turned away from God and disobeyed him, they brought upon the human race this fallen condition that inclines us toward temptation and sin. But when we turn to Jesus, accept him as our Lord and Savior, get baptized, that gets taken away. The Lord forgives the actual sins we have committed. Whatever you've done wrong, whatever you've intentionally done that you know you shouldn't have done, when we come to Jesus, he forgives our sins. He gives us a spiritual rebirth. What does that mean? We can be born again. When I was 20 years old, no, 19 years old, after living a crazy life in high school, uh, far from God, doing lots of wrong things, someone led me to Jesus. And I decided to turn away from the life of sin and ask him to be my Lord and Savior. And he came into me and gave me a new beginning. It was like he wiped the slate clean and I was born again. He adopts us. We become children of God. All of us are children of our parents. But when we come to him, we become his own children. And then as we were singing this morning, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. His presence dwells inside us. When we are aware of God's indwelling presence, we have peace and we have strength and we have joy. Consolation, guidance, when we don't know what to do, help against temptation. God doesn't want us to get lured into things that are bad for us. God doesn't want us to wind up in disaster. He helps us to resist temptation, and gives us grace to grow in virtue. All right, the Bible is filled with teaching about the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Fruit is something that grows on trees. We're not trees, even though some of you may bark sometimes. <laughs> even though we have deep roots in the Lord, even though you might want to leave. <laughs> All right. Fruit grows on trees, but fruit also grows in the lives of Christians. The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence that God is working in our life. If you don't have some of these things in your life, then maybe we need to make more room for the Holy Spirit. 
Some of you have memorized the fruit of the Spirit. Gabby, how about just the first one? Love. What's the next one? Do you know it? Joy. What's next? Oh, I already put it there. Peace. What comes next? Matthew. Patience. What comes after that? Olivia. Kindness. What's the next fruit of the Spirit? Josh? Oh, I thought I saw your hand go up. Uh, and you? Goodness. Are there any more? Rylan. Faithfulness. And somebody over here said self-control. Nope. Gentleness. And now self-control. Self-control is what every middle schooler, middle school teacher wants every middle school student to have more of. All right, so the fruits of the Spirit are these qualities in our lives that are evidence that God is working in us. When God is working in your heart, you become a more loving person. All right? When God is working in your heart, you have more joy. Even when you're struggling, even amid the trials and tribulations of life, when things are not going your way, you can still have inner joy. And you can still have peace when there's turmoil, when there's chaos. Patience. Patience is one of the hardest virtues. It means waiting, letting others go first, waiting for something good to happen, waiting for whatever it is that we want. When St. Paul tries to describe love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what's the very first thing he says? Love is Clear? Love is patient. If you can wait for someone else, that's an act of love. Um, kindness and goodness. What does faithfulness mean? Faithfulness. It doesn't mean the same thing as having faith in God. What does it mean to be a faithful person? John Paul? Loyal is part of it. To be a faithful friend means you're loyal to your friend. What's another aspect of faithfulness, Gabby? Trust. How about if someone says, um, you are a faithful, um, you're faithful in the jobs that you're given, you're faithful with your responsibilities. Andrew? Oh, read it out loud, because I can't read it from here. Faithfulness is what, Andrew? Very good. All right. Faithfulness is standing by those we love, those we serve, and what we believe. Good. How come people don't have more self-control? How come people do things um, that, uh, like how come people eat too many cookies or too many brownies or... Uh, how come people stay up too late at night doing things that they really could do the next day? Why don't we have more self-control? How come, how come so many people talk in class when the teacher is trying to teach? 
Self-control is a hard one. It's just, we just feel like we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it all the time. And self-control means saying no. No to ourselves. Do you remember something Jesus said about the cross? Jesus said, whoever wishes to come after me, whoever wants to follow me should deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Self-control means denying ourselves the immediate pleasure, the immediate something that we want to blurt out, something that we want to do, and just saying, not now, not now. All right, let's move on. The seven gifts of the Spirit. Well, if any of you are um, in a church that celebrates the sacrament of confirmation, where a bishop will lay hands on you and anoint you with oil, you'll be studying and learning about these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Is anybody preparing for confirmation and knows these gifts I'm about to list? Not yet. Um, Noel is. Noel, can you name them? Wisdom. Understanding. Counsel. Uh, how about might or fortitude? A different order. Okay. This is the order that they come in, the, in, the, um, in Isaiah chapter 11. Let's see. Knowledge. There's knowledge. Do you know any more? I think I have that last on my list, but let's see. Fear of the Lord and piety. Piety is a word that you don't use every day. I found this definition. Piety means delight in the fear of the Lord. So let's talk about fear of the Lord. We all know, you've learned before, fear of the Lord is not the same thing as being afraid of God, is it? Right? Um, fear of the Lord means we walk in the knowledge that God is all-powerful, that God is the highest authority, that God is our judge, right? That God's in charge, and we want to be on the right side of God. We want to be pleasing God and serving God, not defying God, going against God. So we walk in fear of the Lord, and piety means that we delight in the fear of the Lord. We delight in obeying God's commandments, doing God's will, keeping ourselves right with God. All of these things God wants us to have. God doesn't want us to be foolish. He doesn't want us to be ignorant. He wants us to have knowledge and wisdom to learn from our mistakes. What do you think is the best teacher in life? You might say something like, well, I think Mr. Pinkova is the best teacher. But we won't have Mr. Pinkova every year of our lives to be with us. I think... I think one of the best teachers in my life is something that I don't like at all, and that's pain. I really learn from pain. I get pain when I do something wrong, and I feel guilty, or I feel ashamed, or I, you know, the old story of, um, you know, that fire looks really exciting and interesting, and I'd like to touch it. But if we touch it, we get burned. And the pain of being burned teaches us not to touch the fire again. 
there's a lot of things in life, especially as you get older and move closer into the adult world, there's going to be lots of things that look exciting and interesting and fun, but some of them will burn you if you touch them. And so whether you learn from your teacher who says, don't touch the fire, or whether you learn from the pain after you did touch the fire, we need to learn and have fear of the Lord and wisdom and so on. Let's look at another thing. Five spiritual gifts for leadership in the church. You know, if, if you go into ministry, you don't have to do it all on your own. Even as headmaster of Lamb of God School, I can't do it on my own. I need God's help. These are some of the gifts that God gives for leadership. First, he made some people to be apostles, some people to be prophets, some to be evangelists to spread the gospel, pastors to take care of people spiritually, teachers, all these things to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Are there any more gifts that God wants to give to his people? Gifts for practical service in the church. Even if you're not involved in spiritual ministry, per se, there's something for everybody to do. Giving help, giving aid to the needy. Doing acts of mercy. Contributing money. You all don't make much money right now. Maybe you get an allowance. But we can give to help others. Administration, that's like what all the ladies in our office are doing every day, all day, and just plain helping. God has gifts for his church. He has gifts for every one of you and me. So together, our theme for the school year, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. And where did that come from? 1 Peter 4.10. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are a generous God. And you didn't put us here just to struggle all by ourselves without any help. But when we turn to you, give our lives to you and receive all the abundance that you have for us. We are gifted in so many ways. Help us to recognize our gifts. Help us to use our gifts to serve others. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for your attention. We're done. Time to go to class.